Hey, what up? It's Mark Carter. I'm the pastor of Fierce Church. Welcome to our podcast. I'm so pumped that you're able to join us today. I hope this encourages you, inspires you, strengthens you, gives you hope to keep pressing on. And it's my prayer that this sermon gives you a more expansive view of God's love for you. Enjoy the message. 2020 taught us there's really no telling what God will allow us to go through. Wouldn't it be nice going into the new year to feel like we're a little bit stronger, a little bit wiser, a little bit more prepared for what might be up ahead? Today we're going to review an important scripture about the early church when they were under a lot of pressure. We're going to learn about what we can do when we fear the worst might happen. I'm a little bit like you know, nervous. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about 2021, but so much went wrong in 2020, uh, I just want to tread lightly. So let's take a look at the book of Acts when the early church was under some significant pressure. Now, we need to know, Acts wasn't everything. I know that sometimes Christians, they kind of look back and they're like, oh man, Acts was this perfect time. Well, you know, there were some, there was definitely some powerful things going on during the time of the book of Acts, but there was also a lot of stuff that I would not prefer today. So just one of them being, uh, if you're a part of the church of Acts, your leaders are much more likely to get killed. And that is what has just happened as we enter into the text for today. One of the church leaders, James, has just been killed. Let's pick it up. Acts chapter 12, Verse 1, about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. You remember this James? This was the one who back in Matthew 20, he was always with his brother John, and they were like the sons of Zebedee, and they're like, hey, Jesus, would you give us a real prominent place? And Jesus is like, I don't know if you can handle that cup. And they're like, yes, we can. Well, here's the cup. Now James, who wanted that place of prominence, gets a different kind of prominence, then he may be anticipated, but it was still an honor. He is a martyr for the Lord. Verse 3, And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, and clarifying this is the Jewish leaders, not just like Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him. Yikes, that's a lot. Intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison. But earnest prayer. Check it out. He was kept in prison. James just died. James was in prison, was murdered. Peter's in prison now, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. So in other words, he's locked up tight. Verse seven, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. Okay, we're going to skip a couple sentences here, but the angel leads him out of the prison into the street and then whoo, vanishes. Verse 11, When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I'm sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary. This is ridiculous. He went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. Verse 13, And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer, recognizing Peter's voice in her joy. She didn't open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said, You are out of your mind. 
But she kept insisting that this was so. And they kept saying, it's his angel. Not that that wouldn't be something to run out and look at. Verse 16, but Peter continued knocking. And when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. Okay, let's draw some conclusions from this text. Number one, not only will God give us more than we can handle, certainly that has happened to Peter, but clearly God will allow more to go wrong than needed to if we don't pray. You've heard that before. Hey, God will never give you more than you can handle. But that's really just not even biblical at all. God often gives us more than we can handle so that we will cry out to him. And that's what needed to happen for the church to cry out to God to save Peter because they're like, whoa, we did not expect James to go like that. We can do something about it. So let's pray. And see, the problem is people know to pray but we don't pursue a lifestyle of praying deliberately and specifically and even preventatively. Isn't that kind of mess with you? That there are things that can go wrong, that do end up going wrong because we didn't pray. I wonder what could go wrong, that will go wrong, if we don't pray. Think about your car for a second. When it comes to your car maintenance, right? You got changing the oil and changing the belts and putting air in the tire and changing that fan or whatever, having somebody do it. If we don't tend to those things, you've noticed this, things will start to go wrong. And we can't blame anybody else because our negligence allowed some of these problems to happen. We can't email the manufacturer and be like, hey man, you're not holding up, you're into the deal. Because they'd say, hey man, the deal was do your own maintenance. And God's deal is, my sweet people, you need to do the maintenance of prayer because there are enemies on every side and it is up to you to not neglect the discipline of prayer. You say, Carter, that's a little scary. I think it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be scary enough to get us to pray. Think about this, 43 times in the Gospels alone, Matthew through John, Jesus gives us some kind of command to pray or he prays himself as a model. He says stuff like, hey man, when you pray and when you're praying and pray then this way and keep watching and praying and all things which you pray and ask for, believe that you've received them and pray for those who mistreat you. The Bible says that Jesus would often withdraw to the wilderness and do what? And pray. The fact that Jesus would often withdraw to pray, tells us that nobody can autopilot this thing. And then 33 more times in the letters of the New Testament, there are commands to pray. So just think about this. That's two commands to pray. That's more than two commands to pray per every day of the month. We're supposed to be praying, y'all. Here's number two. The Lord responds to prayer even when it's not accompanied by very much faith. Doesn't that encourage you? It encourages me, man. Like, they didn't even expect Peter to get out. They're sitting there praying for him. And then Rhoda goes to the door, and it's him. And they're like, it ain't him, fool. Sit down. And God answered their prayer, but they didn't expect God to answer the prayer. And yet, he still answered their prayer. And that encourages me, because sometimes I feel like I'm so full of faith. Like, I'm ready to rush hell. There's other times I feel like, I'm, I'm not even expecting this to happen. Like, I'm going through the motions, but I don't actually expect God to do this. So maybe there's some important things for us to be praying about in 2021. Yeah, so all that said, kind of feels like we should be praying more as a community, doesn't it? You know, we've looked for years of how we could do this because the truth is, 
it's hard to keep people at a physical prayer meeting. People are just busy these days. It's much, you know, not to mention COVID, but even before COVID, getting people to attend faithfully a prayer meeting, honestly, man, you'd get the same five, seven people most of the time. And it's like, they feel like the burden of prayer is entirely on them. And so I've just been looking for a way, how do we do this in a way that is up to date, but still allows more and more people to participate. And here's the negative if our people don't pray. People don't grow in the grace of prayer and like the gifting which we should be growing in. And our church doesn't actually accomplish everything that it's supposed to. And so we're going to go a different route. Unlike a traditional prayer meeting, we're going to try a virtual prayer meeting of sorts done over a podcast. So people call in or they go to the web link and they leave a prayer request or they pray for others that they've heard, they've heard their request on a previous episode. It's all shared by podcast in a group experience. So just imagine you're driving down the, down the road or wherever you're going or doing, and you hear people saying oh, on your podcast, I need prayer for this and this is what's hard, and you pray for them right there because we're all praying for them. You might also hear some things that I've told you about. Hey, man, here's some challenges the church is experiencing this month. Here's some things, some, some hills we need to take. Would you pray for this thing? And you're agreeing, we're all praying together. And then because you heard so-and-so say this, you go onto the web link and you're sharing, hey, I just want you to know I prayed for you and you know I love you and I'm with you, you know, keep after it or whatever. And then your response is also on the next prayer request. Now, the only way this doesn't work well is with immediate needs. Uh, if you need, you know, something in the next 24 hours, that won't it won't be fast enough. But, for, but there's a lot of things that are longer term prayers that we just need prayer about. The ultimate win is that we'll be a much more empathetic community because we'll hear more about people's difficulties. We'll be a more connected community because even if you only listen and pray along, we tend to feel deeply about what we've prayed for and we'll become a more praying community. You know, there's just major agenda items that we'll be funneling through the community podcast so that we'll be able to just have a more anointed, effective community. You can go to the website right now and leave a, what's called a speak pipe, a speak pipe prayer request at fierce.church slash prayer. The first episode will release, be released in the next few weeks. You know, it might sound weird, but as we go into the all church fast, I want to ask you to go ahead and pray for the prayer community podcast that God would really use it to bring deeper prayer into our church. It would be a solution where we're just praying more as a community, get done the things that God wants done to get done the things in your life, in people's lives and in the life of our church. Can you imagine like what God could do over the next 12 months if we all went to prayer in a way that was convenient, uh, but also spiritually potent? Well, welcome to the inner chamber. This is my office. If you haven't seen it before, welcome. You can maybe see out the window that it's night outside. That's because I'm here late bringing it for my church. I hope you know that because I love you guys. The next thing I want to talk to you about is the all church fast. You know, the early church didn't have it made in the shade. We sometimes romanticize that they did. But as we mentioned, they did have a lot of power. As you look at the patterns of believers, in addition to praying, they frequently fasted before larger ministry moves. So we want to take one of the first weeks of the year to humble ourselves and to ask the Lord's blessing and His direction and His protection and His favor on 2021. Some of you would love to do this anyway, so you might as well do it while we do it as a church. This year, we want to start with an all-church fast. 
from January 11th through the 17th. Now, you don't have to fast that entire time. But we've started just way too many years without a deep focus on pursuing the Lord, waiting on Him, listening for His voice through prayer. And I just wonder what kind of battles we've had to fight that we just maybe didn't need to fight, but we just hadn't really gone to prayer. And, you know, I don't want to make it sound like we've never done it because we have. There have been times we've, we've given ourselves to prayer and we saw a great harvest. But we want to start at the year. You know, God's a God of firsts. He wants to be first. He wants us to put Him first. So here at the first part of the year, we're going to pray. On any day of the seven, from January 11th through the 17th, you can just pick something to fast. Ask the Lord what it should be. It might be for you. It might be food, like one or two meals per day, or maybe only on day two or day three, or maybe it's social media. Maybe you, maybe you ought to take the apps off your phone. Uh, maybe it's sweets. I don't know what it would be, but fasting, just so we're clear, is more than abstaining. It's asking the Lord to do things on our behalf. Pay attention to the Fierce app and to social media as we'll be sending out some encouragement and items to pray for during the all-church fast. Until that time, I want to ask you to weirdly pray for the all-church fast, even though we'll be praying the entire time. But pray that our people would fast in ways that are appropriate to them according to their health and you know their nutritional needs, but also that they would take a bold step and do whatever God is leading them to do. But pray that we would be a community that's moved by prayer and that God would hear us. Okay, here's one that I'm really excited about. We are planning to do, assuming God gives us grace to live, we plan to do Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which we'll call EHS, just for the sake of doing it short, and Emotionally Healthy Relationships, which we will now call EHR. Emotionally Healthy Spirituality is an eight-week large group study on the integration of our emotional health and contemplative spirituality. There'll be guided videos also and a workbook. I'll be guiding the videos. I've been studying this tool for years and we're finally ready to pilot the first round, round one in the spring and round two next fall. In fact, last year the staff and I got to go through some of this material and it was so helpful, so excited for everybody to get into it. But for too long, and in too many cases, those of us who are Christians, we've put up with a discipleship that's only skin deep. If many of us told the truth, it doesn't really seem like our patterns of relating to others is getting any more Christ-like. And our inner life isn't more at rest. We're not enjoying the Lord more. We're not walking in more delight and more power. A lot of us never learned how to be emotional adults. And our lives are chaotic. And therefore, we miss Sabbath. We miss time with God. And the enemy definitely wants to keep it that way. So the EHS, this study on the deeper life of sanctification in our inner life, it's going to explore family of origin. It's going to explore our relating patterns. Pete Scazzaro says, Jesus may be in your heart, but grandpa's in your bones. This is for you if you desire to enjoy daily practices that genuinely and dramatically affect your behaviors and choices and awareness of Jesus' presence. Now, in the fall is the relationship version. The spring is the kind of personal version, and the fall is the relationships. And I really believe it's going to make our culture, our church culture, so much healthier. Uh, not that it's bad, but it could always be a lot better. That's going to be for you if you desire to grow in the ability to relate to others in ways that are obviously more godly, obviously more wise, obviously more free from your past than you used to be. And my hope is really that these two eight-week group studies will become really a part of our culture, like 
a core curriculum of sorts of what it means to be a disciple at Fierce. So EHS, which is Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, the personal version, will begin in February, and EHR, which is about relationships, will begin in September. It'll start on Wednesday nights in February at 6.30 at the church. We're going to follow all the COVID protocols, and space is limited to about 30 people. So if you want to get in this first time, we'll let you know when it's time to sign up, and you're going to want to get in uh, because it's going to probably fill up. Uh, but we're going to take the first semester and work out a lot of the kinks. We are looking for digital solutions, so we'll have some kind of, for those of you who are digital or you know, maybe you couldn't get in the physical but you still want to participate, uh, we'll be able to do a digital version. Again, we'll have to work out some kinks with that as always, but we'll let you know as soon as you can sign up. How can you pray for this? Well, could you pray that God would use this as a tool, help us get good at it, and then use it as a tool to really elevate the level of disciple. I just want to produce a better kind of disciple, man. I don't know about you, but pray that God would elevate what He can do through the disciples that are reinforced and taken deeper through this endeavor. The next thing I want to mention to you that is coming up in a little while is catechism. The New City Catechism is a modern-day resource that is most easily used on your phone that's aimed at helping children and adults alike learn the core doctrines of the Christian faith. It may sound like something old, but it's actually something eternal. Christians today are weak against pop theology. They overvalue feelings and they undervalue truth. Not only does this misrepresent Christ, it hurts our relationship with Christ because He wants us to respond to Him as He is, not as we wish He was. 1 Timothy 3.15 Paul is advising Timothy, he says, If I'm delayed, you'll know how you should behave in God's household. Check it out what he says about the church. It is the church of the living God and the backbone and support of truth. That's what we're supposed to be as the church, the very backbone and support of truth. If anybody knows the truth, it ought to be us. Our spiritual enemy is always seeking to erode the truth. But I need us to see that the reason that works he gets to erode the, the truth in the culture is because he's already eroded the truth that is in Christians. We need to know what we believe and have it down well to fulfill our call to be a backbone of truth in a generation that has no stomach for it. Of course, nobody has to participate in this, but here's how it works. You open up the app on your phone, and we'll do this week to week together. We're not ready to start it quite yet, but we'll... we'll, we'll I'll be doing it together. What happens is you're on your phone. There's a kid's version too. And it just says, we'll do one question a week. It says to me, who is the Redeemer? We're just going to give you the right answer for you to meditate on and stew on and ruminate on over the week. The only Redeemer, so I click the button, the answer comes up. The only Redeemer is the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, in whom God became man and bore the penalty for sin himself. That theological accuracy is really important. I know for some it's like, oh, that's old news. No, we need to have that down pat. And so, again, you don't have to participate, but we're going to do this all together. It, it, wouldn't it be awesome if your kids like new truth just like that? And it's not going to be too much at a time, but you're always going to have something to talk about. And it's always going to be godly. You can always bring it up with anybody else at the church 
who's participating. This is not just for adults, it's for teens and kids. We're gonna start this in May, but we're gonna be getting ready for it before that. If you wanna go ahead and get a head start just to familiarize yourself with it, we'll put a link in the, a link to the app in the description of this video. I'm also excited to tell you about a new and improved app. So I think we've all noticed a scattered focus can make everything more difficult. We wanna make sure that we're doing everything we can to keep you aware of the information you need with regard to your church. So the new update to the app will bring together several things. First, this will provide ease of communication. It's gonna give you options, ways to sign up to serve, ways to sign up for a group, easier ways to communicate in only the groups you're actually in, unlike some of the group me stuff that we've been in. How would you like to just pay attention to the stuff you need to pay attention to? Second, this will provide ease of interaction. So the updated app will have a dashboard that is just more responsive to the things you should be seeing. Kind of like a Facebook feed that tells you what's important and what's coming up. This will give you the ability to interact with more of your personal information. It'll be easier to give in a way that's native to the app so you don't have to go somewhere else. It'll also help us connect new guests who may be far from God in ways that call them to specific actions that are more natural as they're used to operating on their phone. Hey, what do you have to do? You have to have the Fierce app. So be sure to go to the App Store and grab it. And it'll actually, in the next couple of weeks, it'll just update on its own. Now again, what I need to ask you to do over the next few weeks and during the All Church Fast, pray that God's presence would really be on this, that He would use it. It's not just about like, oh, let's have cool technology. It's about people taking steps to deepen their walk with Jesus. That's the point. So let's pray that God would use the app to do that. Okay, let's talk house churches. House churches have helped us connect with people through a venue that not only reached folks who maybe couldn't attend big church because of COVID, but it also made us aware that there's a lot of folks out there that aren't really interested in a larger church setting, but they are looking for something closer to a house church. It may be that even after COVID, church will have experienced enough of a shift that we need to continue to offer house churches in order to reach more people in the foreseeable future. I've been really encouraged hearing the stories from our house church leaders of the sense of greater intimacy they feel during a house church. It's also good that they stop by once a month and they do church with the larger group of people. It's kind of the best of both worlds. Because this has been a win on so many levels, even though we may be dealing with COVID and it may be decreasing over the next year, we're still looking for house church leaders to foster a more intimate experience of church. So if you've already led a small group for Fierce and you're interested in potentially leading a house church for a six month term, so this is a, it's a big deal, I would love to have a conversation with you. Could you email me at carter at fierce.church? And of course, during the all church fast, this is something we need to be praying about. So let me tell you about long-term groups. So for many years, it's been the fierce way to do short-term small groups. And that's served us well from many angles. And it's tended to help people know a greater quantity of the people in the church because you split up every rather frequently and put yourselves back together. It was also very easy to pivot the, to digital small groups during COVID because we were already used to changing it up very quickly. Even so, there's another kind of small group that some of you are familiar with, and it is the long-term small group. In some churches, some of you know this, you've been to churches, you've served in churches like this, 
where you're in a group with the same people for many years. The advantage of this type of group is that though you don't know as many people, you get to know some very deeply. So I'm wondering what would it be like if Fierce could just have both kinds depending where you were and what you needed in that life stage. So this coming year, we would like to pilot a few year-long small groups for those who you're already, you know, you're longer-term members of the church. You, you don't feel like you need to know any more people. You're like, I know too many people. Maybe the long-term group is what's better for you. Maybe that deeper relational experience with some close friends will add some new component to your walk with God. These will only last one year, and then there'll be a reevaluation. So it's not really going to be endless like it is in, uh, in some places you might have heard about or been. It, it, it will have a, we need to re-up, because otherwise people just get scourged and lost after years. I should also tell you that we're not going to start a ton of these right away. We like to fire bullets before cannibals, so we want to do a few and figure out how to do them really well and do them in a way that is us. So if you've been a small group leader before, and you're interested in experimenting with and doing something with these kinds of groups, would you let me know? Go ahead and send me an email at carter at fierce.church. And for everybody, guys, we need to pray about this again. We're, we're learning from the early church. Let's just pray about all of it so that we can stave off any enemies that might be trying to break in and God would really pour out his anointing on that which is most God. So, do me a favor and pray about this as we approach the all-church fast. Boy, I tell you, I'm really excited about all that we may be able to see God do this year. But the truth is, this depends not only on God, but on you. This year, we're going to be asking every member of our church to serve at least one hour per week. You know, the Bible's so packed with commands from Jesus to serve. And yet, for many of us, it's not that we don't want to serve. It just sounds like an overwhelming commitment. That's why we're asking everyone to serve at least one hour per week this year. If everybody served just one hour, the corporate strength we would have would be incredible. Who knows what God would do? We'll be talking more about this over the coming weeks, but I want to ask you to prayerfully consider right now and during the All Church Fast, if you don't already serve, offering one hour per week for the glory of Jesus' name and the expansion of of his kingdom. All right, I brought you back to the inner chamber so we can have a heart to heart. We spent a lot of time talking about the need to put God first this year. And of course, we want to start everything putting God first. And one of the things that means is helping the church have a sense of how you'll be participating financially this year. Fierce Fully Funded, we talked about this a lot at the end of last year, is an effort to maximize our ministry efforts by basing our budget this year on what our people will actually give in order to be strategic with where God's money goes. Fierce Fully Funded is not a special offering. It is a plan for tithing. For those who tithe already, it would help us so much to know ahead of time what our budget is really going to look like if we knew what you had planned on giving. Now, the enemy wants everyone to stay non-committal. He wants people to wait and see and see what's left over. This not only brings dishonor to God because He's not prioritized first, it hurts our relationship with Him because it's not obedience. And it cripples the kingdom because it can't keep moving forward on nothing. Or He wants everyone bound up in debt. In fact, that's why we're starting at the beginning of this year a financial health series called Financial Fresh Start. That starts next weekend. 
Well, Fierce Fully Funded fosters accountability for those who are developing stewards to go ahead, follow through on their commitments to God. So if that's you, I'm asking you to go online or fill out one of these cards, Fierce Fully Funded cards, and you're just telling us what you believe you'll be able to give. This isn't so that we know your business. It's so that we know what of God's business we can do. We're seeking to honor God most by planning, so we know the very best goals to go after this year with the limited resources we have. So what am I asking you to do? First, I want to ask you to pray during our All Church Fast and see how God would lead you to participate with Fierce Fully Funded. Again, this is tithing normally. This is normal giving. It's not a special offering. It's not a something to reach for. I'm hoping everybody does this, but it's so important that you hear from him and not just me. So that's why we need you to pray during the fast. This should not be clarification. What you hope to be able to give, if you really believe hard and get some kind of miracle answer to prayer, that's great, but that's not what this is. This is what you're already pretty confident you'll be giving. For those of you who maybe don't tithe yet, this would be a great onboarding strategy for you and maybe for your family. Maybe start with just something consistent before you raise that level. Just start with something consistent and see how God blesses that. And you can always increase it as you go. But the first step is for you to just consistently give. Secondly, I'm asking you to take a risk and trust that when I talk about Fierce Fully Funded, you're understanding, I'm not trying to bug you about money. I'm not begging for money, but our goal to really be able to do the ministry that is, is kind of basic for our church is $17,000 per week. The win is for you to give a report of faith-filled accuracy, not your dream version. Remember, anything you give matters to God, and every penny counts. This just helps us budget. I mean, just, just think about it for a second. Some of you know about this, but most don't. What would it be like if you just never knew what you were going to get paid, and then you had to budget off that? Well, honestly, that's how most churches run, because we never really know what's going to come in from week to week. So this is just... And again, it's not a contract. It's just you're saying, I believe this is probably what's going to happen. That's what we're asking you to do. So all this month, we're asking you to think and think through that commitment and then decide by January 31st. And that's kind of like Fierce Funding Sunday. This is not just for people who attend physical church, by the way, but everybody who attends, whether online, maybe online, Fierce is your church. Okay, that's great too. Remember, the heart of this is to help people move forward with their consistency and to help our church plan the best goals in the leading of God's Spirit so that we can do the most for Him. Whew, that was a lot. Let's pray. Heather, I'm just really excited, and I know that you're bubbling up some excitement in so many who are watching. God, we want to be found faithful. We want you to even bring to mind, teach us the ministry of prayer. Teach us how to protect ourselves, protect our church, protect our loved ones through prayer, and how to acquire strategic ends through prayer. And we lift up all these strategies. All these are just strategies. Uh, God, we're, we're believing that you're in them, that you're going to use them, and I'm, I'm sure the day will come when you don't use them anymore. But for now, would you inhabit our church? Would you speak to us? Would you encounter us powerfully during this all-church fast and because of the all-church fast? God, we trust your leadership. Thank you for the privilege of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to support this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. You can click on the link in the description to give now or visit fierce.church for more information. If you enjoyed this, why not subscribe, share it with your friends, click on the share button and take a screenshot and then share it on social media or your social stories. Hey, whatever challenges you're facing, I know you can make it. Don't give up. Hang on to Jesus. He won't let go of you. Thanks for listening.